0: Welcome back to another edition of the Last Man Standing, a wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Kenny, and let's get into this week's episode. Started out raw with Becky Lynch and Charlotte Vale, Charlotte, vale, Charlotte Flair, I don't know where I got Vale, I don't know where that came from, but whatever, versus the Kabuki Warriors. Um, it was initially going to be uh, Charlotte Flair and Natalia versus the Kabuki Warriors, but uh, she had some family issues and so she had to miss this episode of Raw. Um, but anyways, Becky Lynch would fill in. It was a pretty good match between these four ladies. Uh, Shayna Baszler would make her way to the ringside and help the Kabuki Warriors by distracting Lynch, allowing Asuka to get the pin, though. Um... Uh, yeah like i said all in all it was a pretty good match between these four of course you you expect it when it comes to becky lynch charlotte flair and oscar uh Kyrie zane is an amazing talent as well i don't want to take anything away from her she's just been on the main roster a lot less so a lot of a lot of people have a lot less she's had a lot less visibility to people um but i feel like as she continues on people be able to see that talent or at least i i hope so um but anyways, we see a backstage segment that would lead to a six-man tag match later. The OC versus Humberto Carrillo, Ricochet, and Randy Orton uh, could be a face turn for Orton, could be a one-off, or it could lead to like a double cross uh, later in the evening. Uh, it didn't. Just in case you're curious, but again, it, it still could just be a one-off, or a, or it could be just a complete turn for him we don't know yet. Uh I guess we will find that out on this week's raw and preceding raws to come. Out next we had Drew McIntyre versus Sin Cara. Uh it was a short match but I was surprised it wasn't a complete squash on Sin Cara who has recently asked for his release from the WWE. Uh he he feels like he's being misused and I I can see that he he definitely pulls a lot of just uh, enhancement talent for, for the up-and-comers when they do use him. So, um, But it, it's still yet to be seen if if he will get that release. But anyways, back to the match. Uh, they had some really good spots, even if it was in a losing effort for Sin Cara to uh, a rising Drew McIntyre. Again, I, I'm pretty sure this is just leading to Drew McIntyre's rebuild to his push that he was getting before he got injured. Uh, yeah. They're really big up on him. He's a bigger guy. He's got the look that Vince really digs. Um, and he's also a very talented guy. So it's 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 kind of give and take. Uh, he's definitely a Vince type of guy, but he's also talented. So that's a nice plus for a change. Uh, next, we had R-Truth versus the Singh Brothers for the 24-7 title, which the Singh Brothers would uh, win by fleeing. Uh, I, guess, I guess that's the thing. It was odd that they had an actual... Actual match for the 24-7 title and then, you know, they just ran away. Um, and I'll use the, the word win loosely as they ran into Eric Rowan's locker room who demolished them, which is kind of sad for both the Singh brothers and Rowan. Uh, the Singh brothers, because they're both very talented cruiserweights that could be utilized well, especially as a, as a fast paced, high flying tag team, um, like I said, they're very talented together. They're very talented separately. Uh, they they could go either way. And for Rowan also, because uh, he goes from a, a decent program on SmackDown against Roman Reigns to not knowing what to do with him on Raw. So they're just kind of flinging him places right now. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do with him. Hopefully, hopefully they got something planned or can come up with something for him. Uh, he he's definitely a. a All right, big dude. I won't say he's great, but there's being a big guy in wrestling. I feel like kind of limits you to what you can and can't do. Um, I mean, like you won't see somebody like like a Rowan, like doing a a 450 splash or anything like that. But they 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 do have their points and um, hopefully they come up with something for him. Next, we would get Seth Rollins versus Walter from Imperium. Um, He would come along with Imperium. There was an alright match between these two, Walter dominating most of it. When Seth turned it around and was going for the stomp, the other members of Imperium would get involved, though causing a disqual- bleh, disqualification. The St- Street Profits and Kevin Owens would come out to even the odds, which would lead to an eight-man tag match. Uh, this was a much better match than than the previous one. Um, a, lot of, a lot of stuff between all four competitors getting there their chance to leave their mark the end had me a bit confused i don't remember ever seeing a uh, uh rollins tag back in but he would pin wolf for the victory um maybe i just missed it 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 happens or maybe maybe they're using that as a storyline plot device or it's just didn't happen um i don't know uh, i tried rewatching it and I, I didn't see it then either but i've been tired i've not been sleeping well so uh, I might have missed it. It's, it's very possible. Uh, next, we had Cedric Alexander versus Andrade with Zelina Vega, of course. Another alright match that had high potential, but they didn't quite live up to it, um, in my opinion. Vega playing dividends again for the win. Uh, I'm I'm kind of sad because they, they started building up Alexander, and then they just nipped that in the bud and cut that short. Um, and Andrade just pulling out these, these cheap victories. And, and it's not even like big, I would say big victories in my opinion. It would be cool if they put him up against like a, a Rollins for for a quick victory or something like that with Vega's Vegas help. Um, but who knows? We'll see what they're doing with them Hopefully they've got something. That they've got to start planning something. AEW is, is gaining more and more momentum. Mi- more momentum each week and if they don't do something soon it is going to cost them Lana was out to claim that she was pregnant Uh, saying that it's Rusev's complaining about this that it would turn out to be a hoax Uh, yeah I'm not really into this program Um, I don't feel like there are a lot of people into it Uh, I could be wrong Uh, hit me up tell me what you think of what's going on with Lana and Rusev and Lashley right now Um, I I know that Lana and Rusev are capable of doing better than what they're currently doing. In my opinion, like I said, I don't like this program, but that's that. Maybe that's just me. Um, I get that they're trying to be edgier to combat AEW's edginess, but you gotta write something better. If you're gonna do a storyline like this, you you gotta make it more believable. But that's just my opinion. Eric Rowan was out with a mysterious case to take on Sonar Durson. I'm not sure if I said that correctly, uh, but it was a quick squash match for Rowan, uh, and it was a boring match. Uh, the The cage was moving, is what the announce team would say, and we never actually found out what was in it. So, there's that. The Viking Raiders versus Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. Uh... I just I was expecting a squash match, even though these guys are former NXT UK champions. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised that that it wasn't. Uh, it was still a short match, but it was a decent match with still a good showing from the these guys, uh, the the former X, NXT UK champs. Uh, the Viking Raiders would pick up the win, though. Surprise, surprise. But like I said, it was still a good showing for the other team, uh, which is nice. I'm I'm glad that they they didn't just give them a squash match. They I don't, I don't feel like you should be giving people on the main roster squash matches against enhancement talent if they've made it this far into the game. They're obviously at least someone ta- somewhat talented, or somebody viewed them that way. And I guess that's not always a hundred percent true. I mean, like you can look at people like Eva Marie, who had the look, but she wasn't talented in the ring. Um, but these guys, these guys are definitely a completely different story. Uh, being the War Raiders, doing all of what they did in NXT, doing all of what they did in the indie promotions, they they definitely don't need squash matches against enhancement talent. Um, but. Anyways, Ricochet, Humberto Carrillo, and Randy Orton versus the OC was next, and it was the final match of the night. This was an exciting six-man match with tension in between Ricochet and Orton the whole match because Ricochet not sure if he can trust Orton to have his back or not. Right when it looked like Orton was going to hit an RKO on Ricochet, though, he instead hit Styles, then tags in Carrillo for the win. At the end, he tells Ricochet he does what he wants when he wants to whoever he wants um i think this plays really good into when they do turn orton into a face he's more of like a and i don't it's sort of like an anti-hero type of situation where uh he does it for his own own benefit more so than he does it to be a good guy uh but yeah it it It'll be interesting to see what they do with him down the road, if they're going to keep him like that, or if it's it's all just a trick, he's going to be a heel. Uh, we'll see. Now let's get into NXT, the show that I would definitely say is WWE's best show right now. Well, I shouldn't say I would say. I feel like a lot of people would say it's their best show right now. Um, I'm surely not the only one. I actually feel like I'm part of the majority in that. But anyways, that's besides the point. Let's get into it. Angel Garza versus Leo Rush for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Um, I almost called it the WWE Championship, but then I remembered they have switched it to the NXT Championship, which is fine. Uh, It was an excellent match from these two competitors, both showing what brought them to the table. Rush would win rather a rather tainted victory. After hitting two uh, final hours, it was tainted in the fact that Garza's foot was on the rope. Um, though the ref was out of position, he couldn't see it. It was still there. We saw it. It was. It was very much facing the camera. Everybody knew that it was there, and he caught it before the ref could see it. So I don't know. It, it could make for a good story for a continuation between Garza and Rush, making it make it less of just kind of a one-off type of thing. Um, cause definitely an argument could be made, uh, that, that it was an unfair victory that he got, he had his foot on the rope. It shouldn't have been counted. So we'll see, uh, or they could just leave it at that. Um, if it was just a fluke that it wasn't supposed to be there, who knows? We'll see this week on NXT. I am sure. Uh, next we had Ziya Lee versus Aaliyah with Vanessa Bourne. Another good match, albeit a short one. Uh I wish they would have given a bit more time to this match, but Lee would pick up the win with a kick to the face and it looked like she might have broke uh Vanessa's Vanessa or not Vanessa. Um Aaliyah's I don't know why I said uh, uh, Vanessa, but um broke Aaliyah's nose. Uh not sure. It, it there was definitely a lot of blood. Uh, yeah. Pictures that they showed on Twitter definitely hinted towards a broken nose. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty bad, but Ziya 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 Lee would pick up the win. Balor was out delivering an excellent heel promo to be interrupted by Riddle, who would come to shut him up because he was talking smack on him. Uh, Balor would vanish but Riddle would be confronted by the undisputed error, which would look like they were about to quadruple team him, but Keith Lee and Tommaso Ciampa would come out to make the save. This would lead to Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong, even though Keith Lee had initially challenged Adam Cole. Roderick Strong said he wasn't having any of that, that he didn't deserve to face Adam Cole, but he would face him instead. Uh, Both teams... war games would be kicked from ringside. Uh, Keith Lee would pick up the win after a very hard-fought victory. Uh, both teams would come down, though, and make their appearance towards the end. Riddle would be taken out of the picture by Balor. It would be a four-on-two when things looked, looked like they were going to be the worst for Ciampa. Dijakovic would make the save and volunteer his services to, to the team to take on the Undisputed Era. Um, Later in the night, we'd find we would think that this would be the four four members for Champa's team, but it turns out that Riddle is being pulled from that to face Balor at at War Games in a one on one match. So they are still one member short. Uh, next, we had Isaiah Scott and Bronson Reed taking on each other. The two very. Different athletes, one a fast-paced cruiserweight, the other a strongman's powerhouse. An alright match from these two up-and-comers. Scott would pick up the win, though. Uh, The next match we had Pete Dunn versus Killian Dane was scheduled, but before it could start, Damian Priest would take Dane from behind um, because of last week's assault, and this match would lead to another brawl before anything could get started. Uh, It was just the fighting between those three. It, It I'm betting it leads to a, a triple threat at War Games. We will see. Next, we had Mia Yim versus Io Sharif in a ladder match to determine who would have the advantage in the ladies' War Games match. Mia Yim would be busted open by what we could assume was a missed mark when Sharif would hit a kick into the ladder, which would hit Yim in the face hard. And there, she was busted hard. They had the trainers and the rest looking out for her. I was actually kind of surprised they didn't call the match right there. Uh, Kai would come out towards the end of the match to aid Yim, but Kaylee Ray would come out to aid Cherie. Kaylee Ray, the NXT women's champion, uh, would be pointed out as the fourth member of Basler's team, as Cherie would win the the advantage for her team. Um, Baszler would come out to congratulate them, cheer, just Kind of do that thing, and Bailey would come out for the sneak attack, taking out Baszler before War Games. Uh, this this was a, kind of a surprise to me. I definitely expected it to be Becky that was taking on the the NXT Women's locker room by herself, but it was Bailey. Uh, I like it. I like it. I like this new attitude. Um, even though i like like i've said in the past i'm very much a face fan but i'm also a huge bailey fan huge becky fan too so they could, they could really go either way face or heel and i'm probably still going to be their fan just saying anyways though let's get into smackdown starting the night with a ridiculous entrance from Baron Corbin playing up the king of the Ring gimmick being carried to the ring on a platform by six men after a rather stupid promo by by him he would invite Roman reigns down and some guy in a bulldog uh, mascot outfit would come down um, and kind of just follow him around for a while while um, now I initially thought that if this this was Bruce Prichard's Bruce Pritchard, the idea of what wrestling should be—he uh, should definitely be fired. But I've read that this is this is the writers' gimmick that they knew Vince would love because they love seeing um, love seeing parodies of his his superstars, and that Vince loved it. If this is true, Vince get get grasp on the reality. This was terrible. This was not entertaining at all. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. If you're not old enough to catch that reference, it was it was kind of a nod to Billy Madison. Um, you should check it out. It's a pretty funny movie. But let's get back to the back to the recap here. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode with Corbin in his corner would take on. Oh, also, stupid mascot guy would stay there too. Uh, Mustafa Ali and Chad Gable for their spots on Team SmackDown. After a bit of. Kind of a pounding for the for Ali and Gable, and by the way, I did say Mustafa Ali. He did get his name back, uh, by the way. Uh, so, but anyways, after kind of a beatdown on those two uh, with interference from Baron Corbin, Roman Reigns would come down to even the odds. Gable and Ali would pick up the win, retaining their spots on the team, celebrating with Roman Reigns. Uh, a very displeased Baron Corbin and Rude and Ziggler, of course, would be shown in the backstage. But, eh, they don't really need the spots. <laughs> they changed the Universal title from that ugly red to a slightly less ugly blue. I still don't like it, but it's definitely better than that, that red title that it was. Um, of course, in fairness, it's not as bad as that uh, Hemp title from from Daniel Bryan, I did not like that at all. And I thought I couldn't hate a title more than I hated the Red Universal title. Uh, that, was, that was a whole mess. Um, but they switched it, I believe, because it was on a blue brand. I, well, I shouldn't say I believe, because that's it's probably a uh, belief held by a lot of people. Uh, but anyways. Braun Strowman would be attacked by the B-team Andrew Gulak, but Strowman would handle them without breaking a sweat. Surprise, surprise! Every time this time of year comes around survivor series strowman's on somebody's team and he's built and portrayed to be able to just be a destroyer of teams a one-man wrecking crew if you will uh and i get it he's he's a big strong guy but it's it's not necessary for for these type of things right now we know he's a big strong guy we know that that's what you're going to use him for but now let's get off that tangent new day versus the revival for the WWE SmackDown Tag Championship. This was a great match between these four competitors. Furthering my point from last week that the Revival would have done well if they were included in the Triple Threat match instead of the New Day, who I do not believe needed to be featured in this. I, again, like I said, I get why they did it. New Day is definitely going to bring a wider audience to it because they are definitely definitely a bigger, bigger draw, but I feel like the... The eyes on the revival could have helped their characters and and help bring them forward, um, but that's again neither here nor there because they've made up their minds and they're going to do what they are going to do. Um, though it looked like the revival was go- were going to pick up the championships again, the Undisputed Era would interfere in the match, costing the revival the match and the titles and the chance to appear at Survivor Series as the tag champs heavy machinery was out next to take on two enhancement talents I'm not even sure what these these two weigh as much as one of the members of heavy machinery as they continue to build their personas and again this comes down to I get the point of enhancement talent to a degree like if you were going to use them on house shows or or NXT or something like that but putting them on your main shows to to take on people who are supposed to be established teams because they are on your main roster does not make sense. I, I like the fact that these enhancement talents are getting uh, national television um, airtime. That's awesome that these these indie stars get that chance. But at the same time, it's like, eh, I'm never going to see these guys again. Or if I do, it will be ten years down the road in another promotion that uses them better because they've gone around the world and have built their name and built their name as champions. Uh, yes, I am talking about the young bucks, uh, but that's, that's, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, and of course, heavy machinery would win this match. Um, yeah, that's all they wrote about that. Sasha Banks, Nikki Cross and Carmela and Dana Brooke would take on Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim. Uh, this was a great match from these ladies, it would end with Dakota Kai and Nikki Cross trying to prove why they belong on their respective teams. Um, well, I say respective teams. I don't know that Nikki Cross has been confirmed yet. She she should be. She's a great talent and should be on that. Uh, that Survivor Series team. Uh, Cross would pull out the win, though. Uh, A brawl would resume after the match, but SmackDown women's roster would run off NXT. To end the show, we had Ms. TV featuring Daniel Bryan. Uh, this segment would set up Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend for the Universal title at the Survivor Series. Um, okay, and now let's move on to AEW. John Moxley versus Michael Nakazawa would start out the evening moxley made quick work of nakazawa then cut a scathing promo challenging anyone in the back to step in the ring with him and that he would change their lives and not not in the not in the positive way he he said that you better say goodbye to your families because this this could be the end for you um they would leave it at that and that and there would be there'd be instances later in the evening that that would lead to matches this week. We'll get to that in a minute though. Dark order versus Jurassic expresses jungle boy and Marco stunt. Uh, it was a decent match for both teams. It wasn't anything special though. In my opinion, uh, the dark order would pick up the win. Um, now what was special was what came at the end. It was, it was the dark order who would attempt to recruit Marco stunt to be one of their minions. But jungle boy put a stop to that. Um, they 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 said they could respect that, but then continue. I shouldn't say continue, but started the beatdown on Stunt and Jungle Boy. Um, as Dark Order's minions would assault the duo, though Luchasaurus would make his return and the save. Um, definitely win, especially since uh, Luchasaurus wasn't expo- expected to be returning until early next year. This this was a huge pop. It was it was awesome. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Sean Spears versus Pete Avalon versus Darby Allen was a short but decent match, uh, with Joey Janela getting involved, separating Sean Spears from the action. Uh, it's a triple threat match, so anything goes. Uh, in case you guys don't remember that that rule, um, he take him out of the equation. Allen would win, and then accept Moxley's challenge uh, for next week. So that'll be an exciting match. Darby Allen's definitely been fun to watch what little I've seen of him and John Moxley is of course an amazing talent so I'm very excited about what's going on there uh, Nyla Rose versus Danny Jordan was a squash match Jordan came out quick but was no match for Rose's power Rose would pick up the win of course of course as they continue to build her as this dominant machine for, for women's wrestling um, I I not gonna lie, I'm kind of I kind of hope they put her up against Awesome Kong, although I'm not sure that their their paths are gonna quite run into each other quite so soon. Uh, anyways, Allie wrestling would be out to start an interview, but be assaulted by Awesome Kong uh, and Brandy Rhodes, who would cut off a lock of her hair and add that to Awesome Kong's belt, uh, which is kind of weird, but whatever. Show dominance, I guess. So, I wonder if they... Because uh, I know that wrestlers use, like, hair extensions and stuff. I wonder if that's actually what they're cutting or if they're actually cutting people's hair. I don't know. Just a weird thing to ponder. Uh, Chris Jericho and MG, MG, MJF would deliver a very entertaining promo together. Cody would come out and control the ring until Wardlow would finally make his AEW debut. Um, he would take out Cody Rhodes and... Then they would cut to commercial, allowing them to retreat to the back. Pack and Adam Page would have another match in a rematch from Full Gear, in which Hangman took the win. Pack would seek retribution. This was a really good match, good back and forth from the, between the two. I could have watched this these two fight all night. This this was definitely the the best match of the evening. Uh, it would see Pack hit the Black Arrow and then lock in the Brutalizer. Uh, he had kicked the crap out of um, out of Hangman's head. And so like they, they kind of alluded to him being unconscious and the the announced team was saying how they should just go ahead and call the match. Uh, it, again, it was a good match. Uh, the Young Bucks and Santana or, and Ortiz would be shown battling backstage uh, and then eventually out to ringside Santana or, and Ortiz. I keep almost saying Santana Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz would get the better of the Bucks before they got separated. So it looks like full gear might not have been the end of this program. Uh, Being that uh, Ortiz and Santana would say that um, there's only one title that they care about and the Bucks have it. I'm guessing that's that they're the best tag team in the world because they are the best tag team in the world. Uh, But we will see, um, but we will see where this leads on a little caveat, though, this was definitely the best half of the show. The beginning portion of the show was missing, in my opinion. It was kind of, kind of half-hearted um, and didn't really, didn't really live up to the hype that AEW has been putting out. And they've been putting out really good shows. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but this, that first half was just—I didn't feel like it lived up to it. The second half, though, really pulled it out. Um, the, the excitement and the unpredictability. This is what is separating AEW from the majority of WWE ex- NXT excluded because, like I said, they are the the show right now to be watching in WWE. Um, but I felt like that was kind of missing from from the first half of the show. But anyways, back to what we were talking about: the final match of the night, your main event: SCU versus the Inner Circles, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guerrero with Jake Hager. Um, in a really good match, and I am only going to go with really good, I wouldn't say amazing, but saw some good back and forth between the two teams, Christopher Daniels and Jack Hager, both getting involved at some point, albeit Daniels only did it to try to stop Hager's interference. But still, uh, right when it looked like Jericho was going to be leaving a double champ, Scorpion Sky would sneak in a roll-up for a three count. All in all, like I said, it was, it was a decent show. Oh. Uh, last half was definitely where it was at. Um, that first half, that first hour, it just eh, left a bad taste in my mouth. But then that second half came back, was like, oh yeah, this is better. It's like, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, so, anyways, um, they're doing pretty well for a new co- company. Obviously, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be instances like that where they they have misses. It happens. All they can do is just get back up and keep fighting the good fight. They are putting out a great product right now. Hopefully it stays that way and hopefully it can foster foster more more stuff like the competition that they're seeing from NXT from both Raw and SmackDown. Uh, but only time will tell. Uh, I would like to thank you guys for listening to A Last Man Standing, a wrestling podcast. I've been your host, Kenny. Thanks for tuning in. I will catch you on the flip side.